Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. So this last week I read and listened to a ton of some of the founders of the men's movements, books and audio tapes. So this is not the men's rights movements, which is slightly thing, but these are groups of men that 40, I think even up to 50 years ago, were getting together to talk about men's problems. And I, I found a number of things really interesting in it. One is that the problems they identified are very similar to the ones that we sort of hear about today, that men feel disconnected from their emotions, uh, that what they point out is that the advances of feminism, with which they are lauding and feel very good about, have also created this edge of feminism, which says men are unnecessary, or all men are the R word, or you know, male. The the what it is to be a man is to be aggressive, and that needs to be the aggression in men. The, this competitive nature is a sickness, is an illness, uh, and so you have these men that feel lost. And I, th I think that's very common to what we see today. Robert Bly was one of these guys. He wrote a book called Iron John, mm. which became a New York Times bestseller. And he's, to me, he's interesting because he's Jordan Peterson-like in that he takes old myths and talks about the archetypal importance of them. And, you know, we talked about King Warrior, Magician Lover, same sort of idea there. Iron John is a story very briefly um, it's got a lot of ups and downs. It's one of those, it's a real looper, <laughs> but it goes, uh, there's a, there's a huntsman in the woods and, uh, his dog gets like pulled into a lake and then he has to go into the lake and he finds at the bottom of the lake that there's this wild man, Iron John. You so can he, breathe water? I don't know how he gets him out. I think he might drain the lake or something. Okay. Um, but he takes him out of the lake and he takes him to the castle and at, in the castle, Iron John is locked up in a cage. Um, that's where Iron John stays. The king's son sees him every day and like he, he rolls his ball one day into Iron John's cage. And Iron John says, you know, if you want the ball back, you're going to have to let me out. <laughs> and the kid gets afraid. And so there's a couple of invitations and it's the same sort of thing like the call to adventure is initially refused. And then eventually, which uh, is significant, the little boy has to get the key or decides to get the key to get Iron John out of the cage. And the place that he gets the key is from underneath his mother's pillow. So there's this idea that I'll just set up now, which is that 
in order to uh, unleash the wild man, to connect with the masculine, that there needs to be a breach with what your mother wants. <laughs> there needs to be a ah. severance and a disconnection with mom. So he goes, he gets the um, key, unlocks the cage, and Iron John uh, then carries the child off. And it's like, it's not an aggressive carry, but he does carry him into the woods. And then in the woods, <laughs> okay. this child then lives with Iron John. And I won't tell the whole story, but he has a number of uh, sort of tests and tasks. And there's a bit of magic out there. Eventually, he comes back into the world as just like a nobody into a different kingdom. And eventually becomes a warrior and rises up and takes his place as king, having actually earned it this time. Like the not boy. The boy. At not, not, and not just having earned it, with the with his connection to this wild magic of Iron John, ascends him. to kingship, marries the woman, you know, but it but has to go through the process of like climbing his way to the top. And so it's this idea that is, I think, really interesting of like being born a prince and then, you know, disconnecting from your mother and being cast into the wild and then having to like crawl, not crawl, but to to Another establish story. yourself. Way back. Hercules story. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting that's, thing... That's, it's, it's not dissimilar, yeah. The interesting thing about the uh, Hercules story, which you said last podcast, which was like, okay, he's got the throne. Now what? Mm -hmm. How is he a, as a king? Well, I think... Does the story just end there? He wins, gets the girl, is king, and sails off into the future? Yeah, so, th so the question is, yeah, what kind of a king is this boy now? Yeah. Which is, a, which is a really interesting question. It's almost... But what this is, is I think it's the story in many ways, of a young uh, boy's journey to become a man. But it's not being a man through uh, becoming Hardship. an elder and then dying, yeah. you know, which is th those stories aren't often told, right? Those stories, that character is often the Obi-Wan. He's the non-central character in a lot of these stories. A lot of the stories are heroes' journeys of what it takes to move from boy to man. But then there's life after that. There is life as king. There are taxes and... Uh, Boundary, border disputes, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So anyway, this uh, the thing that's interesting, or a number of things are interesting about this. I mentioned that the problems are all the same. That Robert Bly has this idea that Iron John represents this wild, masculine nature that has been uh, chained up and put in cages in order to fit in socially, into society. And that it is actually appropriate for men to unlock this, and part of what that is means disappointing your mother, separating from her. I think of a small way would you know might be leaving college for you and going abroad mm. instead, like not becoming the doctor or the whatever that that she that wants. Mommy wanted me. <laughs> that breaking the rules, and if that's not done, if this wild, independent, free spirited but magical part of yourself isn't accessed, you stay forever in this little boy energy of trying to please your mother and people are like, ah, oh, that's not me. But one of the things that I feel like I've seen in a number of journeys and psychotherapy and books is that if, even if you're not trying to please your mother, you will try to please someone. There is someone out there who has the approval that you need, whether it is mm. society at large, a particular woman that you are dating, a woman that you'd like to be dating, a guy, a group of guys that you think is really cool, internet commenters. If you can't cut yourself off from what was very comfortable, which was this way of surviving as a child, as a boy, by seeking approval from your mother, you will not fully mature into your, you know, masculine potential. Um, so I enjoyed that one. That was a cool little book. 
to read, but uh, let me see what else I wrote. Oh, that we've got, yeah, feminist movement that we often receive a fathering from our fathers that we haven't noticed yet, that we haven't yet thanked them for. I thought that was interesting because like the interaction with the king prior to leaving, the little boy didn't understand the ways in which his father had, you know, left imprints on him. Uh, And it just very both encouraging and disappointing to hear that these same problems of these lost men, we didn't have the word back then, but there's this idea that masculinity is somehow toxic, that uh, you have most people fearful of this wild nature of men, which is independent, not controllable, and I think they mistake the pathological instantiation of that for what actually habit happens when it is encouraged by society like yeah yeah, there's going to be some you know you're going to be some scuffed knees and all that kind of stuff but generally that's the kind of men i think you do want in society that have gone off into the metaphorical woods and gotten in touch with their independent selves and then come back as there's one of the guys calls them generative men Mm. Um, so it was just i liked it and it's it's interesting that there's a strong legacy of people for years and years that i've identified the primary problem which i mentioned the last podcast but it bears repeating is that men used to have rituals and initiations into manhood for boys. And that often included a harsh separation from the mother and an inclusion in male society. And at the very least, it was like... A test, too. A test. Some sort of physical... Yeah, yeah. Or, or just you're not or staying you inside anymore. Northman, it's just... <laughs> shaking and then becoming a wolverine for a little well that was like psychedelic or they would put the fire ants on you or even just you're no longer inside you're coming out to work the fields with your dad and like Mm. there was there was direct contact with men older than you and with capitalism and your dad going to work what your upbringing looked like for both boys and girls was probably your mother and or a lot of women in those early formative years so you never had that break yeah and that connection and that uh, direct one-to-one transmission of what it is to be a man. It seems like what took up that space was like a boyhood's rebellious nature to make him go against corporate America, against what uh, mm-hmm. the suits were. And I'm thinking of like even your journey, like being told that uh, you could not just be charismatic, like you had to go against what people told you, which was uh, you just are the way you are which was a big part of your journey, right? And well, sort of that rebellious nature against uh, conformity. And that's, I don't know, doing what your parents want you to do is huge for turning a boy into a man mm-hmm. rather than what they're kind of offering, which is like the man can show you mm-hmm. or take you on a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah, um, that you have to, and again, it's what, what you actually wind up with, the, these guys suggest that is similar to what you're pointing to is rather than the, what is necessary is the break with the mother and the moving into the world of father. What you actually get is these boys that they assert, which I think is kind of interesting, that are deeply resentful of their fathers for not being there mm. and then rebel and imagine their father as this you know, corporate person. And then they hate that guy that they imagine who wasn't there for them. And so now they're trying to break further with the father because it's, oh. there's so much pain there. Um, and now you have this, you know, these, these boys who just love their mommy so much and there's nothing wrong with loving your mother, obviously, but it's like, you know, she's my rock, she's my this. And it's like, that's great. But guess what? It would have been better if you had another rock as as well. Um, and you don't, the, you can often see, you know, this tremendous admiration that men nowadays have for their mothers, but you don't hear it as often 
for their fathers. I also think there's a tremendous admiration for people who are that rebellious boy. And I'm thinking of like pranks YouTubers mm-hmm. um, and how much views they get and how I think a lot of young kids look up to the fact that these young kids are causing problems in corporate America when they go into a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that they're brave enough to stand up and be dicks. Yeah, it's yeah, It's like yeah. literally like that's admirable. Yes. that you there see is, what I'm pointing to? Yes, that there's, well, it's, there's a there's one way of breaking the rules which is sort of what we did and i'm not saying it was perfect like we went into the woods and built ramps that were too, that were dangerous and we like rode off of them but we weren't it wasn't to seek attention it was to seek life thrill thrill and then there's a i'm going to go get attention by shitting on everything mm-hmm. which has become the social media thing is let me go to a public place ruin someone's experience and post about it and that's my form of rebellion well, the experience of the viewer of that is that of thrill yes as opposed to like yeah i'm just gonna go out into the woods and like build stuff that yeah, is yeah. a little bit too dangerous for me to be building it that this my mom age. and dad don't <laughs> want to see in the yeah. front yard yeah and i think that's a that's an interesting insight which is the acting out is for attention it's not necessarily to engage with the world it is to please look at me <laughs> well it also works for the person because they're getting the thrill that they're yeah. supposed to be and if by mm-hmm. if this book was a wor- uh like world map mm. that they're supposed to get from actually doing things yeah yeah um yeah because i i'm thinking of role models and male role models and young kids and what connects with, I mean, we've interacted with uh, our assistant's nine-year-old and like his, who's big to him are YouTubers who do pranks mm-hmm. and uh, they're the role models. And now that I've, con- I feel like I've connected that rebellious nature as being like something they also want to do, which mm-hmm. is go against the grain of their parents. Well, and what, what do kids want to do? They want to break the rules. Yep. They want to be freed from that limitation of childhood that is placed around them. And yep. there's, I think- healthy ways to do that and always young boys i think it's probably there's a healthy pushing of the boundaries for young boys but not given a healthy way it's just they're going to stamp they're going to do it in a way that garners a ton of attention to themselves because that's what they're ser- that's what they're deeply yearning for and is uh, not necessarily constructive for their development and maturity yep so yeah the that's just been happening for a long time. People are figuring out this men's move and stuff. I feel myself increasingly called towards it. Let me see if I'd written anything else about it. Um, yes. So a handful of other small things that I like came across in the books that I read uh, was the idea that one, all cultures are shame cultures, that shameless is an insult, uh, that right, that person is shameless is something you would not want to be. But you can imagine how healthy it might be to sing shamelessly or to dance shamelessly or to speak your honest opinion shamelessly. But there's this heavy, heavy control mechanism of shame. And the idea of being someone who doesn't have shame is like that would be the worst kind of offense. That's shameless. So I thought that was just one interesting note. Where's that from? Where's that from? That was from, I think... I might have been working, uh, I did a listen to a, this guy, Robert Moore, talk about the archetype of the lover. And the lover is shameless in its fullness. So the lover, there's the uh, king, the warrior, the magician, sense. and the lover. And the lover, the lover is, is an effusive. exhibitionist, and, it's, and it doesn't respect boundaries. And it's, uh, it wants to get involved and mixed up in everything and everyone. And it's this uh, sensation 
and sensual connection with the world that is shameless about its own joy. And that he was just talking about, in, in, in some way we're disconnected from a lot of these different yeah. archetypes, but in that particular one is this idea that there's what some people call healthy shame of like, oh, that's a behavior that I've reflected upon and no longer want to do and I feel a sense of healthy shame. But then there's a shame about this makes me feel good. This is the kind of shame that you would get uh, for being gay, right? Well, it makes me feel, I feel good about this relationship or the shame that you would get for uh, disappointing your parents about your career choice or or something like that. That, yeah. that, that we have this heavy dose of shame that keeps us can disconnected from what feels good in the body, which is a really strong indicator of who you are. And so now you have these people that don't know who they are because they have so much shame heaped upon them that they can't even feel what feels good to them. All that they know is what gets people to smile back at them. And so Ooh, that's heavy. they lift weights and they look away in order to get people to like them. They build businesses in order to get money to come in and this, but they're disconnected from a direct sense of what feels good because there's such a heavy dose of shame on them. The only way that they know how to feel. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good is through this indirect, you like me, and that feels good to me. And this is, I've felt this a lot where... I'm mean, just, you know, uh, people with makeup or with the gym or with things, but like, I do this for me. Uh, oftentimes that makes me sad because they, they wouldn't even know what it is. And I'm not saying every makeup or every exercise, but they, that is oftentimes someone who wouldn't even know what it is to do something for themselves, that everything that they do is for a reflection back of validation. You are beautiful. You are enough from someone else that they have lost direct, like, and what they actually feel is a reduction in anxiety when they get really big muscles or have a, their face painted in such a way that other people maybe like or give them a compliment, but they've lost contact with sensation of what feels good. Can you help me connect how the lover comes in? Because a lover will be an archetype that will shamelessly do that, and then you can see that reflection and see that you are putting on makeup or muscles to... So for the other person and the reflection of the lover will show you that is that sort of how he shows you the archetype of a lover the lover is the artist the lover is the person who writes poetry because it feels good to but speak also those shares words. it and shares it because that's it, an important because part. an exuberant sharing of it okay. and again there's we have to interact with each other and validation is a is a helpful uh transactional communication right but when you're disconnected from if you listen to Rick Rubin, that's lover archetype. 
Okay. Rick Rubin, right? When he goes, as soon as you start making art for somebody else to like it, you've missed the point. Mm. That's lover archetype. You make it as an expression of yourself. And well, what, what, why would I make it rock instead of techno? Well, you have to look inside. <laughs> but the only way I know how to look inside is to think about who's what's going to get more clicks or views or whatever. It's like, exactly. You have to find out what speaks to you. And that is that is sort of this lover arc. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I thought it was just another small, interesting thing. I watched James Franco was on Sirius XM. And so he was canceled, kind of so, uh, medium canceled, medium hard canceled. Okay. For, uh, I think, inappropriate texts to there was the one girl that he actually didn't get canceled for she was 17 he didn't know she was 17 and then there was he was hitting on people in a way that was inappropriate but what he talked about in this years later is that he uh had been an alcoholic and then had gone to Alcoholics Anonymous and was in those meetings for 20 years when he realized that he had what he terms a sex and love addiction uh and that he was just literally surrounded by people every day talking about addiction, talking about the nature of it. And he hadn't realized he hadn't connected. that, well, what he had used alcohol to do back in the day, he had simply replaced fame, love, and women with in order to have in the same, uh, this helps me with my anxiety and this makes me feel like a really cool guy and this makes me uh, feel all the feelings that I want. And he, he hadn't, seen that which i think this is because culturally we have this idea that addiction is based on substances as opposed to addiction is the way we use a substance to, to get he, to to outcome. heal an inner lack yeah and again most people i don't even think would know the difference between um not, i don't mean this uh pejoratively or derogatively but you, you just know, use james franco as an example he took 20 years to figure out that he had an addiction to love which is a feeling or a state of being or connection with person rather than the alcohol was a little bit more obvious because it was a state change that other people could tell yeah. them that he had a problem with. Yeah. But like, uh, because it's fame or like, how did it show up for him that he had an addiction? He was just, he was cheating. He was, it, well, it was nonstop. It was, it was ruining relationships, affecting his career. And again, he, he was also addicted to, um, like the critical acclaim that he was getting. There was a time where he was a hot shot and he made the room, and he was just getting these, or he made Disaster Artist, which was about the room. Yeah. And he was uh, running himself ragged. He was flying out to on Monday, coming home on fr Friday, doing these classes, just like trying to be the guy that everyone wanted him to be and didn't see any problem with it. And yeah, was, was disconnected again from his own sense of what felt good. But you wouldn't have been able to convince him of that. He would not have known that he was so disconnected from himself at that point in time and that uh, that's how addiction works. I think that most people, I would say everybody, has addictions that run through their lives. The Some of the obvious ones are drinking or less obvious might be social media, but you take, you take those things away and you watch the fidgeting, panic, discomfort. And if you want to see if you're addicted to stimuli, try to meditate. So to see, if you, see if you can do an hour of comfortably sitting there. And if not, you're addicted <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. something. Um, that's that's a very simple way to do it. And even if the addiction is simply thoughts about what you're going to get or things that you did wrong, like there's a constant sense of needing to escape the now. 
Yes. And which is very different than I think meditation is a good litmus test for when you can sit comfortably in the now. And you also do some stuff to prepare for the future, perhaps to reflect on the past. Yep. Uh, that is not from an addicted state, but is from a, a much more conscious place. Yeah. Uh, so that was my James Franco. Did, uh, I think that's it. Did you have anything? Oh, there's one other thing that I'd written, which is we had, uh, we had journeys this last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we don't have to go into all of them. We had, uh, my sister came out, my brother and my sister and I, we all did. On uh, his brother. A little... Little uh, schedule one. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say further, but yeah. So we did that together. It was really nice, really beautiful. Um, there's a lot of personal stuff that we shared between us, but one of the things that I thought was broadly applicable and interesting that happened on the tail end of a journey for me was uh, opening my eyes and to this, I, the, the word at the time, which I think is appropriate, is the blessings that are already in my life. And becoming very viscerally aware of the ways in which I want that which I do not have. I plan to get that which I do not have. As so much of my attention is on what is, you know, a thing, even, even to the degree that of like a person that is not yet in my close circle of bringing them into like me rather than already enjoying the close circle that I have. And so one of the things that came from that was just the obvious thing of podcast. Be like, holy crap, I have all of these phone numbers in my phone of people that I've met that would be fantastic guests for the podcast. I've been in YouTube for 10 years and I haven't felt that. It was always who don't I know <laughs> that, uh. could, that could come on the podcast as opposed to like, what do I already have? Uh, and so it was, it was just interesting. That was one relatively small way but it draws the point of how blind to things that i already have access that i already to. have access to and have how blind it i can become to to those things yeah because you'd rather operate in that mode where you're always seeking more because it's a distraction from settling in which we just talked about yes. which is like the presentness of it was also that there's this sense of one of the things that's tough was um there was a broad sense that I was very lucky and very blessed, and I think maybe everybody was. I didn't get a sense for everybody, but I had the sense. Are you talking about our journey? Yeah, this I was, had a different journey there. No, guy. no, no, no. This okay. was this was the, the second one that I did. I did a bunch. <laughs> we did we did two that week. We did um, two. This was on the back end of the other one. That I, in some way, uh, all of these you could put them puzzle pieces, have been assembled before me. These people that I love, these skills that I have, these desires that I feel. And they construct something that is uniquely mine if put together in their, like a, a life that is mine, that is, that is perfect for me. And what can happen is that seeing what other people have or imagining can make me want to build this Lego set that, is not from the pieces that I have. Ah. And then there's this desire to become someone else, have something, right? And it's not to say that this first Lego set isn't evolving and new pieces aren't being added to it. Like, that's definitely happening. Yeah, I also will say, like, early self-improvement is all telling you that your puzzle pieces are shit. Are shit. <laughs> and that you need to work them out, level them <laughs> Look up. Look at someone else's puzzle pieces and yeah. emulate those. Yes. And there was this sense of, like, at least at this point in my life, bro, look at your pieces. Like, like, stop 
trying to imagine you've got the entire foundation set have like what is the set that you have and that includes the desires that you have the wants that you have the the things that you would like to bring into the world and what was interesting is that sort of what blocked me from some of those and i think this is true for a lot of people is that your set is or my set i'll speak for myself but i think it's true for others so i'll speak in the second person your set is so perfect for you and so beautiful and so connected to your own struggles in life that it's too much <laughs> or that's how i felt that there was like shame at how perfect my pieces fit together and it was easier in some way to to aim at a lesser version of my life which does not require me to incorporate everything that i am and i felt a way in which my relationships and my career and my struggles and my desires all were supporting one another there is a lot of times in life it can feel like i'm choosing between my relationship and my career or this friendship is at odds with my intimate relationship or something like how that how did that limitation or fear or whatever it was keep you safe like what was it protecting you from by not looking at what you currently have i mean it begs the question is like just why why didn't you look at the the shame is the sh is the one word answer okay. and when i think it's like i can point to specific things or times but it was a sense of like which i think is is the things that i deeply deeply love the people the i don't know the, the projects those things which just speak to me mm -hmm. are so vulnerable and so intimate yeah, this is sort of what i was feeling as well which is like if i speak it and it's rejected it'll crush me yes it like to allow the the thought that i could get the thing that i most deeply want in is such a vulnerable place to be mm. that it's almost easier like let me go for like the b life and then if i you know fail if I, i'll and, always know that i protected my head <laughs> yeah and and when other people disapprove of my b life they don't know the a life <laughs> well not and it's not even <laughs> conscious it just doesn't hurt that much yeah versus like in order to pursue that you life you have to really deeply understand which is beautiful it's like oh my god i'm not competing with anyone these are my pieces like these relationships in these ways at these times towards these projects this is non-competitive this is this is truly just for me mm -hmm. um and i think me and many others but i'll speak now for myself i'm so used to seeking a second opinion trying to be open-minded by letting everyone not everyone or at least some people tell me what is okay and we talked a little bit about the separation from the mother this is what i felt was like not that i look to my mom at all personally for approval in any of these things in fact i feel like i uh segmented that from her person a long time ago but in the like wanting approval broadly i feel that i can project that desire onto different people in different circumstances of i want this person to approve of my intimate relationship i want this person to approve of my spirituality i want the audience to think that it's cool that i am Talk moving in xyz direction mm -hmm. and uh just being like yo what pieces do you have and those pieces also include you know what are the pieces that very explicitly are not in your set <laughs> and that was a tough one of being like 
oh, you didn't, like, I don't have that one. That is a strong indicator that like, so let's say for instance, as I have been many times that you're obsessed with this particular girl and she's just not happening. It's like, yo, that piece is not in your set. <laughs> uh, that's a different way I was and thinking about it. I was like, yeah. oh, you got to get that piece, man. You got to get that piece. No, it's like, no. Oh, accepting. Like, all of the effort that you have put into this and the fact that it is not coming is a listen. strong indication that it is not in your set. And that is nothing. And in the journey, it was like, this is not to punish you. Like the things that you don't have are not to punish you. It, it is to, maybe they'll come in time, maybe they won't, but it is to... Uh, bring you back to the unique, you know, perfection or whatever the word is of, of, um, your life, your story, your, the thing, you, the life that you're creating. Mm. So that was a, I thought a valuable piece of the experience. Yeah. Cool. I had a big experience too, but I'll save that <laughs> for another podcast, maybe the Patreon. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's do that. Cause I, yeah, there's a lot that I could say about those journeys, but I think it's best to, um, let that percolate because I don't, they're not settled in me deeply yeah. yet. But we appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, watching the cast. If you want to see our Patreon where we talk about what we learned this week in the business and answer your guys' questions, please join Patreon. It keeps us going and we appreciate it greatly. Uh, we answered questions. A lot of stuff we already shot this one about masculinity, which yep. I think you guys will see in the titles has been a consistent thread, but one that I am getting more interested in yeah. uh, genuinely. And I see a huge, the more I read, the more I reflect uh, the uh, loss of something <laughs> as stands out as needing rectifying. So that's that's so why ask your questions in the yeah. Patreon. Cool. Look forward to seeing you next week, guys. All right. Peace. peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.